Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Listen, I know some of you are tired of me saying it, but it bears constant repeating. We are commanded by our God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to live clean and holy. And what does that entail? Well, It means living your born-again life where sin is not the centerpiece of your entire existence, but that Christ is. It means not going back to your vomit. Now that you have been washed clean, purified, purified, by a complete atonement for sin and made free from the guilt of sin. And you were consecrated, set apart, hallowed, and you were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God. So say 1 Corinthians 6.11. Amen. It means in a nutshell that your life is no longer characterized by sin, beloved. Listen, I completely echo the sentiments of my precious sister over there on YouTube, motivating you to win is so true. Listen, the entire New Testament is about redemption. It's about finding salvation, which means to be salvage from this present world and its system of evil, of sin and the devil. Listen, it's true what she said. We find safety through Christ Jesus. 
for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But what we must understand, beloved, believing does not come absent turning, repenting from your sin. There's no such salvation. Listen, there's no point in having a Savior and a Master and a Lord if you gonna continue to serve the God of this present world. Listen, you can't keep living in your fornication, idolatry, adultery, homosexual, effeminate perversion, thievery, covetousness, drunkenness, slanderous, whoremongering, extorting ways. We must repent and turn back to God before it is too late. Turn from your wicked ways, lest you perish in the lake of fire. Amen. And so, beloved, what we talking about today? Well, are you serving a false Christ? One that has been concocted, contrived, and fabricated. Because, beloved, this question on the floor should make us all ponder who are we really serving what jesus are you worshiping because there's a lot of false ones out there ready to drag you to the pit of hell so i'm asking are you serving a false christ one that has been concocted and fabricated. I know, shell shocked, aren't you? Because I was, I was completely floored when I realized many, many years ago that I was serving a false Christ. I believed I was born again in 2002. Unbeknownst to me, I was presented with a fake Jesus, a false Christ. And it wasn't until many, many, many years later that I was taught that there will be many false messiahs coming out of these apostate churches. Christ Jesus tells us about this in Matthew 24. So, that just told my little pea brain that there is a false church system at work. Yes, beloved. Because along with this fake Jesus comes many false doctrines, teachings and commandments of men, and doctrines of devils. These apostate carries seducing spirit, spirits, twisting and mangling the word of God to pull you from Jesus, the real Jesus. 
Some of you are actually serving a false Christ, one that has been contrived, concocted, and fabricated by the best life now theology. So, what does contrived, concocted, and fabricated mean? Well, they all have the same deceiving meaning. To say something not true in order to deceive. These words all describe telling someone something that is not true in order to deceive that person. The most common word for this is lie. Lie can be used to describe just one statement or a pattern of behavior that a person has. If if the thing that someone is lying about is obviously false, you can say in informal language that they are lying through their teeth. These are they that mislead because mislead is used to describe making someone believe something that is not entirely true. When people mislead others, they usually, they usually tell them something that is not entirely true. And then we have the word delude. Delude can also be used to describe making someone believe something that isn't true, but it has a more negative connotation than the word mislead. In a sentence, he's deluding himself if he thinks that he's getting that promotion. I was living in self-delusion that I could live however I want, claiming the name and still think I was going to heaven. Mm -hmm. I got another sentence for you. Officials claim he had deluded the public by soliciting donations for a public works project that did not exist. Mm -hmm. It also means making others believe that something false is true, especially to gain an advantage over that person. Y'all know that's sick, right? I pray you honestly know that that is sick and twisted wicked to its core. Listen, if you invent or concoct an excuse, a story, or a reason, you are creating a lie in order to deceive someone or in order to not have to do something you don't want to do. Concoct is slightly more formal 
than invent. In more disapproving language, you can also call this feeding someone a line. For example, there's no need to invent excuses for not going, just decline the invitation. She concocted the wildest stories to get out of attending class. He fed me some line about how his dog was sick and canceled our date. Mm-hmm. Listen, you and I can make something up or in more formal language, fabricate. Fabricate something in order to deceive people. Fabricate is often used in legal settings to describe false stories, testimony, or evidence that is used to deceive people. Listen, both terms are used when the thing being said is absolutely not true. Let's put it in a sentence. You never met the Beatles. You just making that up. Quit making up excuses and own up to what you've done. The suspects admitted to having fabricated their alibis on the night of the robbery and were charged with grand death. Yes, listen, there are many ways to talk about changing information so that it is not entirely true because you want to deceive someone. If you distort something, you change it so it is false or wrong. If you twist something that is true, such as facts or a statement, then you are changing the information in a dishonest way so it gives the message you want. Twist is disapproving. If you misrepresent someone or something, you describe them or it falsely because you will gain an advantage in doing so. So, in these worldly definitions of contrived, concocted, and fabricated, how much more dangerous when this is being done in pulpits all around the world. These wolves in sheep's clothing are purposely distorting and twisting God's words to fit their greedy, idolatrous ambition for filthy lucre and the rising of their names that equals more membership. And more membership equals more money for the bishop and his family. Meanwhile, their destructive heresies 
and clever lies are sending masses back on the broad way that leads to eternal destruction and loss. You will be shipwrecked in your faith because of their many lying, deceitful teachings. And because of this, many are now mad at God because they have yet to receive a return of their tithing investment as the bishop promised. Listen, beloved. Paul talks about this in Ephesians 4. Why Christ gave the body these ministerial gifts. Some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints. And if we come down to verse 14. So that... We are no longer children, spiritually immature, tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea and carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine, by the cunning and trickery of unscrupulous men, by the deceitful scheming. See, beloved, of people ready to do anything for personal profit. This is why men and women of corrupt minds twist the word of God. They are preaching another Christ, another gospel, all with one motive. To indoctrinate you and turn you from the living Christ unto their traditions and commandments. Thereby making the word of God of none effect in your life. Paul exhorted the young pastor Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 verses 3 to 11. If, thank you, Holy Spirit, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud knowing nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such men, beloved, Paul is exhorting us today to withdraw yourself. Now, godliness, okay, because he's about to tell us what is much gain. Because money 
will never satisfy your contentment. He's about to tell us what will though. Godliness. He says in verse 6, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For Listen, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those, mm, 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 verse 9, where are we at? First Timothy, verse 6. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Amen. So, beloved, when we see a greedy preacher, pastor, prophet, what have you, standing up in these pulpits, and they are telling you that if you bring God money, God, by the twisting of the various scriptures that they use to promote the false doctrine of tithing and sowing money seed, that God will bless you. He will give this money back to you. You will be healthy. You will have the man or woman of your dreams. These are lies from people who desire to be rich. They fall into temptation and a snare. Yes, they are drowning in destruction and perdition. Why? Because of the love of money. Because if you thought that was bad, look at how much sin these apostate churches are in. For they have separated themselves from Jesus Christ, his body. They have separated themselves from the church of Jesus Christ. Beloved, it's only one church. His. One body. One spirit. One Lord. But they have broken out into sects, cults, denominations. That's sin, beloved. Yes. All of these various denominations, cults, sects, S-E-C-T-S, they are practicing the sin of schism. Christ Jesus, by the teachings of his apostles, made it clear that we are to remain in Christ Jesus. At no time did Christ authorize 
the foot to go on his way, the arm to go on her way, one leg over there, one toe over here, one eye over here. All of these limbs have cut themselves off from the main body and started their own churches that have different faith. This was never to be so. It was never to be the case. So I don't know what all of these leaders are going to do on the day of judgment. We must listen, okay? Because see, the problem with some of you is that you love the bishop and his first lady more than Christ Jesus. Listen, I am not, listen, and hear me closely. I am not coming against fellowshipping with the brethren. We cannot do it in sin, sitting up under denominations. Denominations are not of God. Not at all. And the fact that we thought it was because we see different churches on just about every corner around the world. You got Catholics. You got Seventh-day Adventists. You got Scientology. You got Jehovah Witness. You got the Protestants. You got the Lutherans. You got Charismatics. What else you got? It's a plethora. Orthodox. A plethora. And each of them promote a different Jesus. Listen, all you have to do is study their doctrine. What they teach about salvation, what they teach about hell, the uh, afterlife, what they got to say about Jesus, what they got to say about God, what they got to say about Holy Spirit. They all teach it differently when in fact it should have been one teaching Christ. And many of them teach you a fake Jesus. So listen, these types of churches, you can rest assured that a fake Jesus is being presented and worshiped. But the real Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write to the church at Corinth not to do this. Listen, 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verses 10 to 31. Listen, okay? Because you are being duped by these apostate churches, beloved, with their wolves and sheep's clothing, twisting and distorting doctrine. Practicing the false doctrine of tithing, and sowing money seed to get God to give you a hundredfold return of your investment and spewing out false prophecies. They do not teach on sin, 
hell and repentance. They are not preaching the real Jesus Christ who tells us in John 8, 11 to go, comma, and sin no more. They are not teaching on denying your flesh, picking up your cross and follow the real Jesus and obey the real Jesus. No, they want you to serve them and their first families. They want your homage and your worship, not to mention your hard-earned money all the while. Serving you a fake Jesus that is tolerant of your sin, makes light of sin, and preach a false gospel. That you can live however you want and still get to go to heaven with that damnable, once saved, always saved, high-sounding nonsense. Please, beloved, don't get me started. You and I must discern the, the voice of Jesus for ourselves. And you can't do that if you are still in your masturbation, your fornication, your porn watching, your weed smoking, your cigarette smoking. If you are still committing adultery refusing to leave that married man, that married woman alone, you ain't coming out of these adulterous second and third and fourth, fifth remarriages when your first covenant spouse is still alive. You still play the harlot. You are a slanderer, all in the name of Jesus, right? You are a gossip, a liar, and a thief. You are still in these triangular homosexual affairs. You still drink like a drunkard. You still play witchcraft, mind-controlling schemes. You are still in sin, beloved. You will not hear from the real Jesus. Because he tells us in John 14, 21, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. Amen. And I will love him and reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. Amen. Glory to the Lamb of God. So, as I was saying before I went on this much needed tangent about being in a sect, a.k.a. denomination, well, that's sin, beloved. And Paul said not to do it. 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. See, beloved, 
How is it that the Jehovah Witnesses and the Catholics do not speak the same thing? How is it that the Baptists and the Mormons and the Lutherans do not speak the same things? We are commanded as the church of Jesus Christ to speak the same thing. For if we are not, we are in sin and many hold fast to their denominations, beliefs and teachings rather than of Christ. Beloved, we cannot be a fan of people and just overlook all what Christ has taught overlook and just poo-poo all of the teachings of the apostles. Beloved, we have been commanded to come out from amongst these people. Because if you stay, then you are disobeying God. Listen to what Paul was saying. Over here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Starting in verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. See, beloved, denominations are sin. It is not of God. And you may have been going to that same church from the day you were born. It doesn't make it right that grandma and mama and granddaddy went to the church. It don't matter if they were even pastors, reverends, ministers of that church. If they are operating as a denomination, they are clearly defying the word of God. God said, don't do that. Listen. Where we at? Mm -hmm. Speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Verse 11, for it has been declared to me concerning you by brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that you are, can, that there are contentions among you. Yes, beloved, there will be contention among the various denominations. Baptists can't stand Lutherans. The Lutherans can't stand the Mormons. The Mormons hate the Catholics. The Catholics hate the Protestants. All of this strife and division and discord. You want to know why? There is no one oneness of the faith and no oneness of mind. Everybody got fight. Everybody is coming against each other's doctrine. Some claim, well, you are preaching a false doctrine. No, we are not. You the one preaching a false doctrine. No, we not. 
all of this going back and forth. And the reason is because they have broken themselves off from Jesus Christ. You're not going to have peace in denominations. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You cannot have peace when there is discord, strife, and division. No one is agreeing on any one thing. So, Paul is saying, because I have heard that there is a fighting amongst you down at Chloe's house. So he says, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now, I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos. Or I am of Cephas. Or I am of Christ. Or like we can say today, I'm a Baptist. I belong to Jehovah Witnesses. I belong and follow the teachings of the seven-day Adventists. Well, I'm a Catholic. Well, I'm a Baptist. Well, I'm a this and I'm a that. I follow Bishop so-and-so, well, I follow Dr. Reverend Elder Bishop Prophet so-and-so. So Paul says in verse 13, is Christ divided? And the answer should have been no. But there's division going on though, right? He's saying, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul was telling them, don't do this. Because what will happen, just like it was happening then, and it is happening now, and he was trying to stop the madness before it gets out of control. He was saying... That only Christ died for you. I didn't die for your sins. Pastor so-and-so didn't die for your sins. Apollos, Peter didn't die for your sins. Only Christ. What y'all doing? Is Christ being divided? Because he was saying in verse 14, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and what's his name? G-A-I-U-S, Gaius, Gaius, okay. Lest anyone should say that I baptized them in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the house of Stephanos. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did, listen, he's like, for Christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise 
and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. Okay, Paul is like with all the wisdom that's in the world, but no one knows God. Yeah, I know. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews, for Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the, to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because of the foolishness of God, because, because, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Amen. Beloved, I must bring us down to verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many, no, right, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. And not in the bishop, not in Peter, not in Paul, not in Apollos, not in Dr. Reverend Bishop, the Most High Prophet. No, all glory belongs to the Lamb. But the glory can't go to the Lamb if you are worshiping the founders and the elders and teachers of these different sects. S-E-C-T-S. Beloved, denominations are sin. They have defied the word of God by breaking themselves off and creating fellowships separate outside of the wholesome teachings of Jesus Christ. Listen, in these latter times, a rapid and excessive 
spread of false Christ has arisen in unexpected places. These apostate Christian churches, beloved, up in these pulpits, listen, when a teaching reinvents Jesus as someone other than he is or intentionally minimizes the more difficult truths of his gospel, like what? Repent or you're going to perish. It presents a false Christ. We see this going on today. The surge of hyper grace teaching. Your best life now theology. The glory of Jesus Christ that we just finished reading about because glory is only in the Lord. The glory of Jesus Christ has been minimized in favor of self-worship. Jesus, when mentioned at all, is often presented as merely the ticket to receiving God's blessings. And that is true, beloved. When I was living in self-delusion and deceit, Dr. Creflo A. Dollar, of whom I sat up under his ministry, his go-to byline when teaching and promoting that false doctrine of tithing, he would say that we can get in on Jesus' ticket because since Jesus was the only man that walked this earth who was sinless and perfect, that he, that he was the only one that fulfilled the law of Moses. Therefore, he's the only one rightfully entitled to the blessing of Abraham. They loved to talk about the blessing of Abraham, how he was rich in cattle, silver, and gold. And if anyone obeys all the law, well, then they shall inherit the blessing of Abraham. That's why they taught a false, and to this day, they teach a fake Jesus, that he was filthy rich, that he had a wonderful home, he even rode in on a donkey, a colt that has never been ridden on before. And they liken that to today's driving around in a brand new SUV. And that how as a baby, all the kings came to him bringing frankincense, myrrh, and gold. So Jesus was not poor. Oh, he was super rich. And therefore, if so facto, since he's the only one that's entitled to the blessings of Abraham, well, in Christ, we can get in on his ticket to what? The good life. Beloved, I'm having flashbacks. I'm having flashbacks because I was, 
I was hurt. I was hurt to find out. So you mean to tell me all this while that I'm tithing, although grudgingly, okay? Because I didn't want to give up 10% of my income because I was making a, a nice little piece of change. But I wanted the good life. I wanted what this fake Jesus had to offer. Houses, cars, lands, and a new man. I wanted to be healthy. I had suffered a stroke. I was suffering from lupus, a heart attack, blood clotting issues, dysfunctional relationships. Yeah, I wanted what this fake Jesus had to offer. So I fell for the lie. And no wonder I'm sitting up in a non-denominational apostate church. Listen, these churches can call themselves non-denominational if they want to, trying to deceive you that that they are not practicing the schism. Uh Uh-uh. The fact that they are called non-denominational, well, that's a sect. Do not be deceived. People, these these people have the gift of gab. They are charismatic, profound in teachings, albeit false, twisted. They are prolific. They are handsome. They are beautiful. The fashion is off the charts. They got millions, billions in real estate, cars, lands, money. They come to you twisting the scriptures. They are not of one mind with Christ. Not at all. You are being served a fake Jesus that has been fabricated, concocted, and contrived. Listen, in this generation of biblical illiteracy, many hearers eagerly swallow this man-made version of Christ, never challenging the twisted doctrine that conceived it. Even when people are given an opportunity to make a decision for Christ, One must wonder, to what Christ are they committing themselves? It's no wonder, though, when you have churches practicing the schism, that means a separation, to be divided. You will always have a false Christ, beloved, being preached and worshipped. They, they all are apostate. Every last single one of them, all apostates. For the apostles told us this was going to happen. Paul taught in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 9. However, brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you as to spiritual people, but only as to worldly people, dominated by human nature, 
mere infants in the new life. Wow. In the new life in Christ, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Even now, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, controlled by ordinary impulses, the sinful capacity. For as long as there is jealousy and strife and discord among you, are you not unspiritual, carnal, and are you not walking like ordinary men, unchanged by faith? Verse 4. For when one of you says, I am a disciple of Paul, and another, I am a disciple of Apollos, are you not proving yourselves unchanged, just ordinary people? What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Just servants through whom you believe in Christ, even as the Lord appointed to each his task. I planted, Apollos watered, but God all the while was causing the growth. So neither, neither is the one who plants nor the one who waters anything, but only God who causes the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one in importance and esteem, working together the same purpose, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers, his servants, working together. You are God's cultivated field, his garden, his vineyard, God's building. Amen. Beloved, as I'm reading this, I'm hearing from the Spirit that this is the main problem going on in these apostate denominations today. All of this infighting. The bishop over here at this mega church believes he's the best thing going since sliced bread. And then you got another mega church over here because they have a hundred thousand members. Oh, they believe they are the biggest wolf on the block. And then you got these little local churches who don't have the resources and the monies to compete with the larger mega churches. They believe because they have Fish Day Fridays, that they have softball Sundays, that they are the better church because they praise the Lord with psalms and hymns. They don't make a great big old show, but guess what? <clears throat> they may not be on TV. They may not be on, on TBN. But they are operating in pride nonetheless. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because the local pastor thinks that it is his way or the highway. 
Yes. Our sister Sharon teaches that pride comes in many shades because it does. You don't have to be dripping with gold and diamonds and pinky rings to be walking in affluent pride. You could be the little local yokel pastor out in someone's cornfield and yet be steeped in pride. Yes, beloved. Listen, even our Lord Jesus Christ warned us of this in Matthew 24, starting in verses 3 to 5. While Jesus was seated on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will these destruction when will this destruction of the temple take place? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end, completion, consummation of the age? Jesus answered in verse 4, Be careful that no one misleads you, deceiving you and leading you into error. That was the first sign. That Jesus is telling us right before he returns. That there will be many false pastors, teachers, evangelists. All across the board, beloved. Leading and deceiving many away from Christ. He says, be careful. That no one misleads you, deceiving you, and leading you into error. For many will come in my name, misusing it, and appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed. And they will mislead many. Amen. So, what did Jesus mean by this? What does it mean that there will be false Christ in the end times? Listen, a false Christ or a false Messiah is a pretender who claims to be the one sent from God to save humanity. As we just read over there in Matthew 24. If we come down to verses 23 to 24, Jesus says, And then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ. Or look, there he is. Do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. Amen. Beloved, listen, this part, this is a part of a larger teaching about what to expect in the end times. Because in this chapter, Matthew 24, Jesus repeats this teaching, adding, So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. 
If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. Amen. Listen, when Jesus returns, it's not going to be a secret. There will be no secret rapture. All eyes will see the Son of Man cracking open up that firmament, coming in the clouds, in the clouds, and he will sound the trumpet, the trumpet, and he will command his angels to gather his true sheep. Beloved, just a real quick story about the end times. Because the end times means several things in the Bible. According to Hebrews 1-2, the last days is the New Testament era that we are in right now. Starting with the first coming of Jesus, this is also the sense in Acts 2 16 to 17, 1 John 2 18, and 1 Peter 1 20. In this sense, we are living in the end times. 1 John 2 18 was saying, Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Amen. That is why, my brothers and sisters, if you do not know the voice of Christ Jesus because you refuse to study his word and look at all what we are commanded not to do, you and I, will be misled on many occasions. Listen, if you truly love Jesus, then when you read his word, like over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where it is being commanded of his body not to separate, not to claim a mere mortal, that you are following their teachings because no one outside of Christ has died and shed his blood for you. Our job is to preach the gospel. Some plant it, some water it, but it is God who gives the increase. And guess what, beloved? All glory goes to Jesus, not the bishop. And certainly not his fake Jesus. Think about it. Are you preaching? No. Are you being preached a lifestyle that you can live in your fornication, lying and stealing, whatever it is that you are doing? If they are preaching to you that your past, your present, and your future sins were all taken care of at the cross, 
You are in an apostate fellowship. They are not heeding to the teachings of Jesus Christ because Jesus said to go and sin no more. For if our future sins were already taken care of, then Christ would not have commanded us to stop sinning, to go on now that we have been forgiven now that we are no longer condemned, why didn't he say, go on and live your best life now? Why? If the future sins have already been dealt with at the cross as they teach, why is the need that we must make no provision for the flesh to daily pick up our cross, deny ourselves? Why are we commanded to live crucified lives? Why are we commanded to not present these bodies as instruments of unrighteousness? If we are good to go, why is the excitation for us to remain faithful and endure until the end? If future sins were taken care of, you are being deceived by a false Christ coming out of these sects, these divided ones. Thank you, Holy Spirit. These divided ones who are contentious, who are all about genealogies, heresies, and clever lies. They all teach something different. They all present a different version of Jesus Christ. It's, it's all about what Christ has done for you. So all you need to do is believe. What about the teachings of obedience and the consequence of sin? The reason why they don't teach and preach on the consequence of sin is because the fake Jesus says, all you have to do is believe in me. I got you. Beloved, listen, we are not ignorant of the scriptures. We know we have an advocate in heaven, Jesus Christ. He stands between us and the Father when Satan accuses us day and night when we miss the mark. We are told to confess that sin, go to God, go to Jesus in godly sorrow, full repentance, and he will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But we don't keep confessing, 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 and still go right back to that same sin. Beloved, you are being deceived. They have fabricated a Jesus that wants you to celebrate a pagan birthday of his, supposedly December 25th. They want you to gather Easter baskets Dress up your children in the finest attire. Chase around the church building looking for colored 
Easter eggs. They want you to do all of this outward show of piety, coming to church, dressed to the nines, mother, grandmother sitting on the first pew, dressed with the church hats. They want all of this outward adornment of piety, but their hearts, hearts are far, far away from the real Jesus Christ. So if we are not obeying his commandments, he is not going to reveal himself to you. He is not going to make himself real to you. All you have to hang your salvation hat on is the fake Jesus who is okie doke with your sin because he understands your heart. He knows you are trying. The fake, the fake, <clears throat> the fake Jesus says, you know what? Live your best life. And I'm going to appoint my, my agents to write books about this. Beloved, the fake Jesus constantly makes merchandise of you. The real Jesus says that if you put your hand to the plow and look back, you are not fit for his kingdom. You ain't fit for the kingdom if you are still fornicating, if you are still an idolater, an adulterer, an effeminate by perversion man looking and sounding and dressing like female. And this goes for the women who look and dress and sound like a man. That's perversion. If you are a homosexual, transgender, pansexual, whatever you want to call yourself other than the gender that you was born as, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. No slanderer. No slanderer. And you see, Paul was talking to the church at Corinth. So much was going on with that church. They were glorying in mortals, lifting them up as some great wonder. And Paul was like, "Uh uh-uh, don't do that. Not to mention, they were condoning, obviously, sexual immorality. They were defrauding one another, bringing each other to courts among the pagans. A lot was going on in that church, beloved. Listen, God will not be mocked. So I'm telling you, If we are practicing any of these things, listen, division is a work of the flesh. And if we are indulging in division by sitting up in these apostate churches, I'm telling you, you're gonna perish. You must be in this word for yourself to know what sin is because many didn't think that their local yokel church is practicing what Paul, by the command of Jesus Christ, said, don't 
do this. But I've been going to this church for 25 years. Well, you have been practicing sin for those 25 years. Beloved, it's so many ways that we can fellowship together. You can get a thousand people in one conference room and worship Jesus Christ. Not calling themselves some denomination or a sect or some group or a cult. Just members of the body of Christ coming together because all 1,000 can't fit in someone's living room. So some of us may rent out a bigger room and we all go there. No one is Lifted up among the brethren. We are all on one accord. We glory in Jesus and not the leader of the group. The facilitator. No. One week I may speak. Another week you may speak. Another week so and so may speak. We are not lording nothing over anyone. It's one big Bible study encouraging one another to walk in love, serve the real Jesus, preach the real Jesus and him crucified, reminding, exhorting one another that the day of his coming is fastly approaching. And if we deliberately go on sinning, our expectation is not the kingdom. It is fiery judgment. That's what we can expect from God when we fall away from Jesus worshiping another God. If we continue to stay in those things that he deems as sin, our expectation is not eternal life. We have been deceived, duped, not to mention fleeced of your money and your salvation. Because if you, if your Jesus is telling you that all you need to do is believe in me, come to church, tithe, Worship the bishop because he went to seminary. You ain't nothing but a dumb sheep. You need this self-appointed, corrupt, debased individual to teach you twisted doctrine. You're going to perish, beloved. You're going to perish following man. Because man up in these corrupt apostate godless churches are not promoting nor teaching the real Jesus Christ. You want to know why? Because he's not everyone's cup of tea. Not when he's talking about repent and believe, otherwise you're going to perish to go and sin no more. That if you don't continue to abide in me... You will be like a broken off withered branch to be bundled together and burned into the furnace of fire. 
But that teaching goes against prosperity, living your best life now, keeping your eyes on this earth. Oh, it goes completely against once you are saved, you are always saved because Jesus talked about enduring until the end. That man shall be saved. Matthew 24, 13. Jesus teaches who his true sheep are. And no false teacher can pluck you out of his hand. Because that's what John 10, 28 is talking about. It's not so that you can twist that and say, see, I can't lose my salvation. Nothing can separate me from God. He's not, he's not talking about salvation though. He's talking about these wolves in sheep's clothing who are self-appointed. He did not send them. They came in some other way. These are hirelings working for mere wages. They carry a strange voice, a.k.a. teachings. But we who follow our great shepherd, we know what his teachings are. And nothing that these false teachers can ever say that can pluck us from Jesus. Pluck us from his teachings. And no one can pluck us from the father. We, we know him. And he knows us. Because Jesus says that his sheep follows, listens to his voice. And by listening to him, we are obeying him. And therefore, no man, no false teacher, because that's the context we're talking about, can pluck us from his hand, from him, from his teachings. Because see, the problem is, when you are fed twisted, isolated, cherry-picked scriptures by these deceitful workers of iniquity, you will believe that you can live any kind of lifestyle, and that lifestyle or yourself cannot be plucked from Jesus. Meaning under that damnable doctrine of once saved, always saved, that you cannot ever lose your salvation. That is simply not true. Because Paul tells us in Galatians 5, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Jesus tells us in Mark 7, 20 to 23, Jesus tells us in Revelation 21, verse 8, all these things that if we don't stop them, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. You will be thrown in the lake of fire. Amen. So, I'm going to leave us with what Jesus said over here in Revelation 21, verse 8. Here we go. Revelation 21, 8. 
Jesus said, but no, as a matter of fact, let me, let us bring, let me bring you up to verse seven. Okay. Cause this is where I want to go. Listen, Revelation 21 verses seven to eight. He who overcomes the world by adhering faithfully to Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior will inherit these things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowards and unbelieving and abominable who are devoid of character and personal integrity and practice or tolerate immorality and murderers and sorcerers with intoxicating drugs and idolaters and occultists who practice and teach false religions and all the liars who knowingly deceive and twist truth. Well, their part will be in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Amen. So, beloved, if you're Jesus who tolerates liars, cowards, those who are devoid of character and personal integrity, who practice and teach false religions, who tolerates liars who knowingly twist and deceive the truth. If your Jesus is okay with that, then beloved, I'm here to break it to you. You are serving a Jesus that has been concocted and fabricated. That's not the real Jesus, beloved. Not at all, because the real Jesus just said what he said over here in Revelation 21, 8. And he's not talking about sinners. He's talking about those who, who claim the name. And obviously, anyone who does not accept Jesus, well, they are living like this too. Beloved, we cannot be deceived. Listen, the real Jesus Christ, who is right now in heaven, having died on the cross for our sins, he's telling us up in verse 5 of Revelation 21, he who sits on the throne says, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write, for these words are faithful and true. They are accurate, incorruptible, and trustworthy. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who thirsts, I will give water from the fountain of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes. 
it leads us right in verse 7 that we just read. He who overcomes the world by adhering faithfully to Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. Amen. Beloved, Christ is not confused. He is not confused about his doctrine nor his teachings. He tells us over here in Revelation 22, down in verse 11, let the one who does wrong still do wrong. And the one who is filthy, vile, and pure still be filthy. And the one who is righteous, just, upright, still be righteous. And the one who is holy, still be holy. Behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to each one according to the merit of his deeds. Earthly works, faithfulness. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the eternal one. Amen. Verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes in the blood of Christ by believing and trusting in him, the righteous who do his commandments so that they... They, they who, who do his commandments so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, the godless, the impure, those of low moral character and the sorcerers with their intoxicating drugs and magic arts, and the immoral persons, the perverted, the molesters, and the adulterers, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying, deception, cheating. Amen. Beloved, that's the real Jesus, okay? If the Jesus you are preached to is not saying these things, that's a phony Jesus. That's a fake Jesus. So, beloved, not to over-massage this message because I think I just did, but I want all of us to get this. We are being deceived. Anytime you allow yourselves to be deceived, you will walk in error. And Christ does not want us to walk in error about his teachings. His teachings saves a sin-sick soul. It teaches us now that we are born again. There is a level, a high standard of living now. We know there's nothing we could have done to earn our salvation. 
now that we are born again. I beg the question, how do you think Christ wants you to live? Do, do you honestly think, think he wants you to live in a detestable, abominable, wicked, vile lifestyle of deception and self-delusion? Absolutely not. Father, let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus. Jesus says in verse 16 of Revelation 22, I, Jesus, because he's given the final invitation. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you and to give you assurance of these things for the churches. I am the root, the source, the life, and the offspring of David, the radiant and bright morning star, the Holy Spirit and the bride, the church. Believers say, come, and let the one who hears Say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take and drink the water of life without cost. And I testify and warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, it predictions, consolations, and admonitions, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues, afflictions, calamities, which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from or distorts the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away from that one his share from the tree of life. And from the holy city, the new Jerusalem, which are written in this book. He who testifies and affirms these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, be with all the saints all believers, those set apart for God. Amen. So, Father, we do have your word on this matter, that there in these latter times will be many false messiahs. There will be many antichrists. There will be many people who come against the teachings of the real Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, may we no longer be deceived. We love you. We want you to be our King, our Lord, our God, our Savior. Keep us from being deceived. Keep us in your bosom, Father, because there are many wolves out there that love to tickle itching ears. 
those who do not want to abide by Jesus' strict, strict requirements of being his disciples, they, they will love to run after and heap upon themselves these teachers who teach distorted, twisted doctrine. They will run after every shifting, winded doctrine. They don't want to crucify the flesh. They want what they want. They got their eyes on earthly matters rather than having them on eternity because that's where the soul and the spirit will live for all of eternity. There is no coming back from the grave. Oh, Father, help me. Give me strength. Give me boldness to continue to teach holiness, righteousness. We must be able to discern your word. But we can't do that if we are not truly born again. Or... If we have been truly born again, but we have never fully turned from sin, put on the new man. If we have not fully come out from amongst this world, then we will fall for many lies that are coming out of these apostate churches. Father, have mercy on us all. We revere you, Father. All the glory goes to you. All the glory goes to the Son of God who came to die for the sins of the people. Who became the propitiation for our sins. His atoning sacrifice appeased your justice that demanded payment for sin. Christ Jesus paid our sin debt in full. And going forward, we sin no more. Oh, Father, help me. Teach me by your Holy Spirit to proclaim the message of Jesus. Repent or perish. Bless your holy name, Father. We uplift the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ. He is the centerpiece of our lives and our ministries. It is only about the Christ, not the bishop, not the prophet, not the evangelist, not the pastor, not the apostle, and not the teacher, but Christ and him crucified. That gospel is the only gospel that can save a sin-sick soul. Thank you, Father, for wisdom. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray that the saints remain close to Jesus. Stay in your word, knowing to discern the voice of the Master. The voice of the master 
will never tell us that sin is okay. And now that we have repented, we can still stay in it. No, that's a fabricated Jesus. The real Jesus who died a horrific, bloody, brutal, violent death on our behalf will never authorize sin. Never, 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 never. He wants us to be holy for he is holy. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Point blank, put a period. That's it. And Father, if we allow ourselves to be so deceived by charismatics, those who are prolific and profound in speech, we are not going to make it. Many are going to be shocked on the day that Christ judges us. Father, may we not be counted among the deceived. We love you. I don't want to go to hell. I want to inherit the kingdom of God. So teach me, Father, how to live. How to live as an obedient child of God. For I call you Father. And if I call you my Father, then I am to live as an obedient child. It's not complicated, Father. We complicate matters when we don't want to put away the sin. We, when we want to continue to live our best lives and we heap upon ourselves these teachers that teaches such nonsense, we're not, we're not going to make it, Father. I, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it serving a contrived, concocted, fabricated Jesus. Nope. We're not. We have been warned. We have been warned of what not to do and the consequence of doing those things. Our only expectation when we break your holy commandments and standards is fiery judgment. That's it. And if we think we deserve anything else, then we have been sufficiently, effectively deceived. Have mercy on your people today, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Glory to the Lamb of God. All right, beloved. Repent. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Do not be deceived. Bad company will corrupt good morals. Come to your senses as you ought to and stop sinning. Turn back to God. 
come light. Come back to the Father. You have been deceived. Come back home. Christ Jesus is on his way back. And he is going to give to every last single person that was ever born a reward for the works they have done. Whether they be good or evil, do not be deceived, beloved. We must live clean. We must live holy, righteous lives unto God until the day we draw our last breath in obedience. Amen? Amen. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.